I saw another dead donkey. Another dead donkey. I know. It was the worst because like the night before I had seen them grazing on the road and I was like, they're so cute when they're alive. And then, (laughs) damn it. I like was driving to work that morning. I'm like, oh, I hope I don't see them. I hope I don't see them. Sure enough, I fucking saw one of them and I was like, damn it. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm sorry. Poor baby. Uh, At least it didn't, you know, it wasn't all bloated and exploded on your car from the from the heat of the sun. That's very yeah. true. I mean, I think that they are really proactive about the donkey thing because it's quite disturbing. They like get get rid of the body like immediately out here. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're so cute. Get rid of the body. Oh. Dead donkey capital, man. Dead donkey capital. I know. <laughs> Those poor babies. I know it. So is it is it sort of like uh, how you see a lot of dead deer in certain parts of the country? Yeah, I'm I'm living in Redlands, California, and there's this one valley between Redlands and Marina Valley that's on my way, and for some reason it's the only place, I think, in Southern California with donkeys like this, and it's just (laughs) crazy. There's like, and it's it's weird because there's like a hundred of them, there's not that many of them, and they're not very protected or anything, like it's some weird-ass technicality about it so i don't know poor babies little donkey boys did you know that burrito the word burrito is translates to burrow which is a little donkey i think i had heard that before yeah so it's 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 like called like a little donkey yeah it's called donkey essentially because they're so big it's like you're eating a baby donkey that's right warm and (laughs) heavy like a donkey's little bottom full of beans oh full of beans if only <laughs> just put my mouth right up to it like a water faucet and just, um... <laughs> oh. Oh. we could end world hunger one donkey at a time man you know what was the best was that movie idle hands when he goes to eat the bean burrito and his like head has been severed and it starts coming out the hole yeah. Oh they, god, that part is. Yeah. They did a fabulous job with that. <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. We were watching that recently, Kale and I, and he had to like turn away when that part came <laughs> on. He's like, "That's really fucking gross." It's, the texture is perfect because it's almost like soft serve or shit or something. I yeah. don't know. Oh, it's really. Oh my god. Really something. Yes. <laughs> Underrated movie for the special effects, you know. Really, yeah. truly, didn't I love age that. well, though I must say. No, it's probably like one of those dumb early two thousands nineties movies, you know. But, I mean, uh, I love it, but like one can only put so much sublime in one movie. Oh, is there a lot of sublime in it? Yeah, and Damn. black and black light paint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like all the sweet music videos, like the Rob Zombie video and stuff. Yeah, that was like, cool. Oh, yeah, fucking, you're my favorite. <laughs> uh, so are you guys ready for Christmas? I am so ready for Christmas. Somewhat. I can't wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be like a human hot toddy cinnamon concoction. I just want to have that warmth and that, that Christmas feeling and smell inside. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to be like a like a human hot toddy hybrid for the season? Exactly. But I got or- nog on the brain too, so it's like cream in there. <laughs> Well, speaking of transformations, welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris. 
Here, as always, is Heather. Hello. And Caitlin from Los Angeles. Ding dong, ding dong. Ding dong, dead, ca- <laughs> dead, dead, dead donkey capital. <laughs> ding dong, dead, 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 dead donkey capital. Dead down, dead down, dead, dead donkey capital, man. Dead. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I have just been, uh, I've not been able to talk today, so this is going to go good. Yes, It'll it be will. Fine. Of course it will. <laughs> it spit some rhymes. Yeah, I was I was training a guy today, and I was just like, blah, 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 and then you put the blah, 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 blah. and then the, how do you say? Uh, never mind. Yeah. What did he say? I've definitely trained severely hungover before, so I feel your. Pain. Oh yeah, I've been there. Oh yeah. Oof, not just- a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, okay, you're standing too close. You gotta, you gotta give me some room. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, or they're like, should I do it like this? And you're like, I don't know, whatever you feel like, just, I guess. Just let me do it. Just let me do it. It's your fucking life, you. man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the winter season is upon us, and this month, Yay! oh, we are getting festive. <laughs> On today's episode, we'll be talking about winter monsters and Christmas creatures. Oh, fudge, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing ever. Yeah, well, I was kind of looking up, like, you know, monsters and creatures that live in, like, winter um, or come out during the winter. And I think, Heather, you went with more of a Christmassy I did. Um, theme. So. I did. I... It's a nice contrast. I like it. <laughs> I know. I Once again, I didn't understand the assignment <laughs> i love that no well we i think we we changed it like three times yeah that's true we did because we're like oh we're gonna do winter witches which we will do but it was a lot more in depth than i was originally thinking and then, really yeah. winter bitches there's that much about it <laughs> winter bitches winter yep. bitches <laughs> i mean they, they post so much on facebook oh my god they do um, no, it's just a lot because, like, I, I was looking up winter witches, and, and and there are plenty of them out there. But then you start getting into okay, so these like witches are usually like some sort of like pagan goddess deity or figure that's kind of like Christianized. Yeah. And then it starts getting into like this weird like modern day you know Wiccan covens that are around. So it's just it got oh. very convoluted very quickly. So. Lots of tie-dye, lots of really yeah. badly dyed red hair. <laughs> but very it, it was a, frizzy. We'll, we'll definitely have to do that one in the future because it, it, there was some mm-hmm. very cool stuff. Um, and yeah. So we'll we'll put that one on the back burner. Put it on the back burner in a mm-hmm. cauldron. Put it on that back cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fucking on one today. Oof. You're, you're, you're having one today? I'm, I'm, I'm on one. With just bad, bad, bad puns and jokes. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Christmas usually dominates the winter season in the in the Western world. And over the years, darker figures like Krampus and Frau Perkta have gained more awareness. And we discussed Frau Perkta and others in our Dark Christmas Traditions and Folklore episode from last year. So go back and listen to that for more. The toddler belly eating woman of the north. 
She'll crack your rude ass kid open and eat them guts. Oh, dude, some children belly fried up in some some pig fat. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, some cracklings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gotta let it simmer. Gotta let it simmer for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Just a little salt and pepper. You're done. Got a little baby gravy. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so it seems proper to continue our exploration of the darker sides of this cheerful holiday season and cover some of the lesser known and frightening creatures that dwell within the dead blank landscape of the winter. Capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> Rockefeller. Yeah. The Rockefeller. The Rockefeller. <laughs> they family. rove the barren lands. <laughs> Oh my god! I, man, that would be great if that was like some folklore, like you know, like they pull all their gold on like you know toboggans made of like frozen bodies of like or their I, employees. No, made made out of IKEA furniture. Oh, sorry, IKEA <laughs> furniture made from employees. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Give it a couple hundred years. You never know. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, do you want to go first, Heather? Do you want me to go first? or Sure. I can go first. All right. Let's do this. Yeah. Sweet silver bell. <laughs> <laughs> stop, 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 stop. <laughs> so the Yule Cat, or Yolakutin, is an Icelandic folk beast who resides on the more terrifying side of winter and holiday folklore. No! The origins of the Yule Cat are said to go back to the Dark Ages. However, the oldest written accounts discovered only go back to the 19th century. Now, as Chris mentioned before, if you remember last year's Christmas episode, you'll recall the Yule Lads and a brief mention of their matriarch, Grilla. (laughs) Those dudes want to go drinking with them so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. They'll probably probably piss in your beer, though. Absolutely. Probably. And and while you're taking a shit, and while just watching, just watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are prominent figures in Icelandic Christmas folklore. Grilla is the wicked ogress who has an appetite for naughty children, while her sons, the Yule lads, come out one by one on the 13 days leading up to Christmas to wreak havoc and fuck with human households as much as possible. Who doesn't have an appetite for naughty children? You know, I was going to say it's such a common theme in so many like um, so many folklore like stories and figures. Yeah. Naughty children got to be tasty. I don't know, man. They must be. I mean, <laughs> um, I've, I've heard villains say that the, the evil ones taste better. This is getting really creepy, you guys. <laughs> As I, I think I believe it was the vampire Lestat. <laughs> I'm just going to say the proof is in the child pudding. That's true. <laughs> you feel too much. You feel too much. <laughs> the proof is in the pouty, naughty pudding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stick a spoon in it. <laughs> well, unsurprisingly, their pet is an evil hell creature and is none other than Yolakutin. Mm. This big, happy, oh. dysfunctional family all live in a cave together, working together to terrorize the people of Iceland. Do you think it's like married with ch- married with children a little bit where she's like, come on, ow. <laughs> ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so again, go back and listen to episode 19, Dark Christmas Traditions, to hear more about the Yule Lads. It's available anywhere you'd like to listen to your pods. Absolutely. Yep. It's one of our best, I think. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm very proud of it. 
The Yule Cat is a monstrous black cat with large yellow eyes and is taller than the tallest house. This cat prowls the streets at night on Christmas Eve, peeking into windows and seeking out children who have not received any new clothes. <gasps> and knocking your best plants off the windowsill. I know. I'm like thinking of some guy like 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 you know huge bottle glasses, just like he's like, oh, what's that? Uh, what you got there like a mancoon, or is that a Norwegian forest cat, or what do you got? What do you got there? Is that a short-haired domestic? Is that a short-haired domestic or a rag doll? <laughs> now, if the Yule cat sees that you are still wearing that, honey, it will eat you alive. <laughs> and it doesn't matter to Yolakutten if you've been naughty or nice. You better not be wearing last year's long, long johns. Better not be wearing those blown out slippers, little ones. <laughs> <laughs> However, there is one exception to this rule. If you have generously gifted new clothes to someone else, you'll be spared from the Yule Cat's insatiable hunger for the passé. Nice. The most famous account of the legend of the Yule Cat is a poem written by Johannes Urkutlum, I'm sorry if I butchered that, in uh, 1932. Yep. And also, fun fact, Bjork, uh, she did a song adaptation of this song in Icelandic, uh, this poem in Icelandic in the 80s. So Really? No shit? Cute. Yeah. Listen to that on YouTube. What? It's really fun. Is it, is it when she was in her, her old band? I, I can't remember what the name of the band Sugar was. Cubes. Sugar Cubes. Yes. Uh, I think so. Nice. So oh, it reads as oh, follows. Oh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> English translation, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. You all know the Yule Cat. And that cat was huge indeed. People didn't know where he came from or where he went. He opened his glaring eyes wide, the two of them glowing bright. It took a really brave man to look straight into them. His whiskers sharp as bristles, his back arched up high, and the claws of his hairy paws were a terrible sight. Mm. He gave a wave of his strong tail. He jumped and he clawed and he hissed, sometimes up in the valley sometimes down by the shore. He roamed at large, hungry and evil, in the freezing Yule snow. In oh, every home... feed him. <laughs> <laughs> in every home, people shuddered at his name. <laughs> <laughs> if one heard a pitiful meow, something evil would happen soon. Everybody knew he hunted men, but didn't care for mice. He picked on the very poor that got no new garments for Yule who toiled and lived in dire need. From them he took in one fell swoop their whole Yule dinner, always eating it himself, if he possibly could. So this cat's a fucking elitist? Yeah, this cat's an <laughs> asshole. It's like, sorry, you poor bastards who can't afford clothes. I'm going to gobble up your food. Hmm? Yeah, I kind of just imagine this cat like meowing like like a uh, cat's in heat kind of thing where it's just like, oh, I can't watch. Stop. <laughs> you freak. <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Hence it was that the women at their spinning wheel sat, spinning a colorful thread for a frock or a little sock. Because you mustn't let the cat get hold of the little children, they had to get something new to wear from the grown-ups each year. And when the lights came on on Yule Eve and the cat peered in, the little children stood rosy and proud, all dressed up in their new clothes. Some had gotten an apron, 
Some had gotten shoes or something that was needed. That was all it took. For all who got something new to wear stayed out of that pussycat's grasp. He then gave an awful hiss, but went on his way. Whether he still exists, I do not know, but his visit would be in vain if next time everybody got something new to wear. Now you might be thinking of helping where help is most needed. Perhaps you'll find some children that have nothing at all. Perhaps searching for those that live in a lightless world will give you a happy day and a merry, merry Yule. Wow, that's super interesting. I wonder if it was like a story made up because like parents were super neglecting their kids and not giving them any clothes. And they're like, we got all these fucking naked kids running around with no fucking (laughs) shoes or socks. We got to scare these parents into sew a sock. Something. (laughs) (laughs) Well. So, yeah, this cat hates poor people, huh? That's kind of the way it sounds. It seems that way. Wow, welfare tastes so good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's thought that this legend originated in the Middle Ages and related to the relationship between medieval wool producers and their workers. If the employees worked hard and finished their work by Christmas, they would be rewarded with new clothes and thus not get eaten. Now, of course, with most folk tales involving the untimely death and or dismemberment of children, it is very likely that this legend evolved with the purpose of scaring kids into not being lazy and helping with their chores in order to earn Mm. their new clothes for the holidays. For if they were lazy, they would receive none, and Yolakotin would certainly eat them. Alive. Oh my goodness. What a time. I mean, we're like literally <laughs> swimming in clothes. Like I have so, too many clothes. <laughs> I know. So, so they're just like perpetuating this constant cycle of like just just working yourself because it's like you have clothes. They're like, work harder, work harder. Or else the Yule cat will eat you. And then your clothes are so fucked by then that <laughs> you just get new clothes. And then you just got to work those until they're falling off rags the next Christmas. It's just this it's horrible just cycle. cycle. It's mm-hmm. an endless cycle. It really is. Yep, of exploitation of workers (laughs) and children. I mean, this legend is so strange and specific to the region. Imagining a cat as large as a house prowling the night to be the fashion police is as funny (laughs) as it is unsettling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's a lovely tradition to give new winter clothes to one another for Christmas to combat the extreme conditions of the season. Oh, for sure. But I never thought that somewhere out there in this great big world, there'd be a gun to your head to do it. There's like a parent that really doesn't like one of their kids and just sews like a giant cat toy to like a sweater in hopes that like the kid will get taken by the cat. (laughs) Or like puts like sacks of catnip all over. It's like, this is an odd sweater, mother. I infused your sweater with catnip. Yeah, just a big <laughs> sweater perfect. with, like, bells and, like, stuff of catnip. <laughs> <laughs> the hood's, like, in the shape of, like, mouse ears. <laughs> All right, Johan, go out and play. <laughs> Is that it for the Yule Cat? Yeah, that's it for the Yule Cat. Man, Not much yeah. to him. What a, Straight what to the a, point. What a catty bitch. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, mine's uh, not Christmas related, and it's actually kind of fucking creepy. It's a creepy one a nice. little bit. 
Oh, yeah. So I, for my first one, I chose the knuckle lovey. Ooh. That sounds knuckly. Indeed. That's... It's a monster made of knuckles and it rolls all over you. It punches no! with its rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so the knuckle of E is a creature that seems more like a demon than anything else. It dwells around the archipelago of Orkney, north of Scotland. Known in most parcels as something similar to the Devil of the Sea, the knuckle of E has no dual nature or nuance, but is described as being of true evil and hatred. Oh, its goals are malevolent and seem to be nothing more than terrorizing the inhabitants of the islands. It lives, or slumbers, some might say, in the sea for much of the year, but is most active in winter. It is kept at bay during the summer months by a more powerful being called the Mither of the Sea. But during the winter, when the Mither of the Sea is at its weakest, the Knuckle Levy creeps out of the sea. Ooh, spooky. As with most figures in folklore, the descriptions can differ, but most accounts describe it as a grotesque hybrid, something worthy of the old Irish legends, like Cucullin's transformation when he goes into berserker mode in battle. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Cucullin. He's like well, like the famous kind of mythical hero. No. Dude, okay. <clears throat> so when he gets into like a battle frenzy, the descriptions of him are fucking insane. It's like... <laughs> So oh, here's just a, like a, just a small excerpt. His body made a furious twist inside his skin so that his feet and shins switched to the rear and his heels and calves switched to the front. On his head, the temple sinews stretched to the nape of his neck, each mighty, immense, measureless knob as big as the head of a, moth, of, of a month-old child. He sucked one eye so deep into his head that a wild crane couldn't probe it onto his cheek out of the depths of his skull. The other <laughs> eye fell out along his cheek. And it just goes on like that. Jesus. So he turns so he based... into a very bizarre Looney Tunes character. It's 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 like it's fucking crazy. It's like it's like a bad acid trip. Yeah, he sounds like Ren Hoek losing his temper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like That's... a really drunk guy just going on and on trying to like come up with the most fucked up things he can think of. It, it really is. It's it's just like it's it's kind of like you you kind of lose the imagery after a while. Yeah, it's like it's so oh, insane. Wait, That's I trippy. thought his temples. <laughs> Never mind. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Anyway, so back to the knuckle of E. So. So the creature is said to be half man and half horse, a kind of profane centaur. So from a distance, one might think the creature is a man riding a horse, but this is not so. The horse has a large gaping mouth that is sometimes said to spew offensive and toxic vapor. The horse's head also has one large glowing eye. Protruding from the horse's back is the upper part of a man. The man's head is so disturbingly large rocking back and forth as if its neck can't hold it up. <laughs> and in some versions, the man has the one eye and a long, snout-like mouth filled with teeth. Its wow. arms are so long that they drag on the ground even from atop the horse. Ew. And That's even like mo- a, Mar- a Mardi Gras float <clears throat> gone horribly wrong. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> well, so even more disturbing than that is that the creature has no skin. Like, the whole thing doesn't have skin. Ew. So you see it and you see, like, pulsing muscles and veins that are just like leaking dark blood and fluids metal yeah i could just see like someone making something like that and like they bring it to their supervisor and they're like 
yeah, you, you, you got all the components there, but I'm not sure how you got this at all. This is I not mean, really a cohesive piece. It's cohesive. What the hell am I looking at? What am I looking at here? <laughs> what am I looking at? It sounds like one of the things, like the, the formations in the thing or like the, the transformations in the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar. I mean, and actually, in the you know Kukulin thing is is kind of a similar idea, right? It's just like this whole deformed, like you know, you see like the inner anatomy and, and like all these Dude, things. It's that's an cr- idea to do like a version of the thing, but in Mardi Gras. Ooh. <laughs> that would be awesome. Scary. Idea. <laughs> I like that. Call it the thing. <laughs> the thing <laughs> ain't a thing. <laughs> Thick ass abomination, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So its breath is said to be so toxic that crops and foliage wilt and die at contact. And one thing that is mentioned in all the sources I read was that the old method of burning seaweed to make kelp produced an ash known as soda ash, which was useful in soap and glass manufacturing during the 18th and 19th centuries. So the legend goes that the smoke and fumes that emitted from this method of burning the seaweed was said to infuriate the knuckle levy so much that it laid a path of death and desolation in its wake as it terrorized the islanders. So he was just annoyed by the smoke? Pretty much, yeah, like the smell. He just Wait, so the seaweed would make the pigment in the glass? So uh, I don't quite understand it. So like they take seaweed and they burn it uh, and they call the like the burn kelp or like what what was produced kelp. But um, so I guess like that some ash that was uh, made from it. Yeah, I guess it, they just used it in different a variety of things. That's like it was, really it was just a, they, go ahead. I know they use it in tie dyeing too sometimes. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You could just see like the glass maker on the beach with like a tray of like the finished glass and he's all just shaking because he's nervous and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it God. neutralizes it neutralizes acidity and eliminates issues with corrosion. Oh, oh interesting. He's yep. just like, oh, oh Brian, you, you can't drop another tray. You can't afford to <laughs> drop can't. another tray. <laughs> 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 yeah, so so like they the islanders would blame all kinds of like catastrophes and and blights on the duckle levy. Uh, they said that it, it infected cattle and people with plagues and diseases, destroyed whole harvests, and caused droughts and revenge for offending it. Uh, so they they believed it could like control the weather and and bring on all these like you know devastations to their livelihoods. Hmm. So the duckle levy does have weaknesses though. It cannot, cro- it cannot cross fresh-flowing water. So if one was being pursued, they could cross a river or stream where the creature could not venture. And it actually d- doesn't like fresh water in general, so it doesn't like the rain either. Hmm. So this inability to cross streams and rivers or be in the rain, and the fact that it's only around for the winter, it has kept the knuckle of E from making the Orkney Islands uninhabitable. Because he's a picky bitch. That's good. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So this creature was so sinister and malevolent that people feared to even speak its name. That is one of, scary. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's creepy. creepy yeah. thing. So one of the first written accounts we get comes from the 16th century from a scribe called Jobin. Uh, we, I don't think we actually know who, who it is, though. Okay. Uh, so he mentions the creature when describing the island of Stronze. I And I'm sorry for all the or, or, Orcadians out there. I, yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> Wait till I get to the Inuit one. Ooh. Ooh. 
(laughs) So though I couldn't easily find a translation of that excerpt, I did find a famous eyewitness account from a man named Tomas in the late 19th century. Folklorist and scholar W. Trail Dennison was compiling information for a publication called Orkney Folklore and Sea Myths when he talked to Tomas, who told him of his own encounter. And here's Dennison's recounting of that. And he's going to change the name from Tomas to Tommy. So just don't worry about that. Same person. Tommy. (laughs) Tommy. (laughs) Tomas was out late one night. It was, though moonless, a fine starlit night. Tomas's road lay close by the seashore, and as he entered a part of the road that was hemmed in on one side by the sea and on the other by a deep freshwater lock, he saw some huge object in front of and moving towards him. What was he to do? He was sure it was no earthly thing that was steadily coming towards him. He could not go to either side, and to turn his back to an evil thing he had heard was the most dangerous position of all. Ooh, sexy. Uh oh. (laughs) I'm a missionary man. I've always been a missionary man. I will not turn my back. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he determined, as the best of two evils, to face the foe, and so walked resolutely yet slowly forward. He soon discovered to his horror that the gruesome creature approaching him was no other than the dreaded Nukalevi, the most cruel and malignant of all uncanny beings that trouble mankind. The lower part of this terrible monster, as seen by Tami, was like a great horse, with flappers like fins about his legs, with a mouth as wide as a whale's, from which breath like steam from a brewing kettle. Jesus, he just keeps looking worse and worse all the time. Yeah, you should get that checked out, man. (laughs) (laughs) He had but one eye, and that as red as fire. On him sat, or rather seemed to grow from his back, a huge man with no legs, don't wait, shame him. Yeah, no shit. And arms that reached nearly to the ground. His head Kill was as me. big as a clue of simon. So I had to look this up. A, a clue, a clue of simon, I guess, is like an old timey term for like a, like a bundle of straw ropes. Okay. Like all of them. They say it's generally about three feet in diameter. Mm. Oh, all right. So big, old, big old fucking head. <laughs> Can you put spanks on that head? <laughs> I got some mud flaps for the back. (laughs) And this huge head kept rolling from one shoulder to the other as if it meant to tumble off. Ugh, yikes. But what to Tommy appeared most horrible of all was that the monster was skinless. This utter want of skin adding much to the terrific appearance of the creature's naked body. I'd say. Yeah. (laughs) The whole surface of it showing only red, raw flesh, in which Tommy saw blood black as tar, running through yellow veins, and great white sinews thick as horse tethers, twisting and stretching and contracting as the monster moved. Man. I really, I feel like this is like me trying to write a horror story in like sixth grade and describe the monster. And then Just... blood was coming out of its its eyes. <laughs> that's and, gnarly, though. Yeah, and it had yeah. no skin. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's Guys, real yeah. good. He's going like, to scare the shit out of Mrs. Smith. <laughs> he is terrifically nude and terrifying. Terrifically nude. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy went slowly on in mortal terror 
his hair on end, a cold sensation like a film of ice between his scalp and his skull, and a cold sweat bursting from every pore. But he knew it was useless to flee, and he said if he had to die, he would rather see who killed him than die with his back to the foe. Man, that thing... That thing sounds like it would move really slow and he'd just be standing there like staring for a long time and it's just this thing like this floppy ah, head ah. <laughs> trying to make it up the goddamn hill or something like a monster in Resident Evil 1 yes yeah, exactly <laughs> in all his terror Tommy remembered what he had heard of what he had heard of Nuckalavi's dislike of fresh water and therefore took that side of the road nearest to the lock the awful moment came when the lower head of the monster got abreast of Tummy. The mouth of the monster yawned like a bottomless pit. Tummy found its hot breath like fire on his face. The long arms were stretched out to seize the unhappy man. To avoid, if possible, the monster's clutch, Tummy swerved as near as he could to the lock. In doing so, one of his feet went into the lock, splashing up some water on the foreleg of the monster whereat the horse gave a snort like thunder and shied over to the other side of the road. And Tommy <laughs> felt the wind of Nuckleby's clutches as he nearly narrowly escaped the monster's grip. Jesus Christ, this is, I don't like this thing in my brain. Swing away. <laughs> it's really, it keeps changing with all the descriptions. I like, it won't, it's just yeah. like the thing. You're right. What if, like, it just what keeps if, like, changing. What if like the head, the man's head just like rolled over and just was like, <laughs> that would be actually very terrifying yes it would <laughs> so Tommy saw his opportunity and ran with all his might and sore need had he to run for Nuckalavi had turned and was galloping after him and bellowing with a sound like the roaring of the sea in front of Tommy lay a rivulet through which the surplus water of the lock found its way to the sea and Tommy knew if he could only cross the running water, he was safe. So he strained every nerve. As he reached the near bank, another clutch was made at him by the long arms. Tommy made a desperate spring and reached the other side, leaving his bonnet in the monster's clutches. Nuckalavi gave a wild, unearthly yell of disappointed rage as Tommy fell senseless on the safe side of the water. And he definitely totally was not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> Not a chance. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's that's the knuckle of E. I had to look up wow. pictures of this. Oh, they're so gross. Yeah, some are kind of cheesy, but there's actually some creepy ass ones. Ew, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's a kind of crazy imagery. Yeah, that's not what I was envisioning in my head, but that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty tame, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Oh, that's a! I love that illustration. It's yeah, very that's cool. Neat. Yeah, neat, neat. Yeah, there was like some some folklorists and stuff thought like they were like it was sort of a a mashup between like you know uh, some old legends of the of like British Isles and then like some some maybe Norse uh, myths. Yeah, it's like got a Hessian feel to it. You know, like mm -hmm. had this horseman type thing. Uh, yeah, but then then it like kind of comes out of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, the aversion to, to like freshwater and things like that, which we've seen before with other folklore creatures around the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we we talked about one. It's uh, the Selkie, which is kind of similar. I believe we yeah. talked about that one in our um, in our uh, uh, su uh, succubus episode. Yeah, that's a common trope. 
around yep. the world. Yeah, <laughs> dirty, dirty monsters. They don't like to get clean. <laughs> <laughs> clean. You mean you think you'd want some fresh water on all that, you know, bare flat like muscles and stuff. No, I like the, I like the salt water burning it. Burning oh, my entire butt. Oh. Yeah. God, I love yeah. Pain. No I... wonder it's fucking p- pissed off all the time. My Christmas present is pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, my next one is a Christmas centric creature. So the Kanekanzeri are Christmas goblins from Greek folklore. However, variations of these creatures can be found in Turkey, Serbia, Albania, Bosnia, and Cyprus. It is unknown what the origin of this myth actually is, but it is believed it was during ancient times. One theory suggests the legend may have roots in the festival of Dionysia, where people would get so wasted to the point that they'd view their fellow beastly costumed partygoers as actual mischievous demons? That's a head-scratcher, but I suppose it's not that out there. Sure, dude, yeah, I you're suppose, part, you're, yeah, I mean... You're drinking like Dionysus, man, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Karikanzuri are said to be the devil's minions and have distinct looks about them that vary by region. For example, one kind are said to be small, hairy, red-eyed, and deformed humanoid creatures. Another kind are described as huge, hairy humanoids, with the tusks of a boar or legs of a horse. That's rough. Most of the time, they're chimeras, but they're usually always smelly and hairy. So, the, so they're they're kind of like similar in look to like like Pan or like um or like a uh, fuck the names off the tip of my tongue like the little goat goat men. See? Yeah, I've I've seen a depiction that looks like that. Actually, if you go on the Wikipedia page, there's a depiction of one that looks just like Henry Zabrowski. It's really funny. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really funny. From last podcast on the left. <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then I've heard them described as like Yeti-like too, the big hairy ones. Oh, okay. So it, it, their descriptions vary greatly. Oh, yeah. Kalikanzuri live underground and their diet consists of rodents, bugs, snakes, and rotten fruit. Mm. Delicious. <laughs> the Kalikansuri are not allowed to come to the surface of the earth until Christmas Day, and they are only able to stay for the duration of the 12 days of Christmas, the winter solstice, until January 6th, also known as the Epiphany. During the rest of the year, the Kalikansuri saw at the base of the World Tree which also holds up the entire planet. The aim of the Kalikansuri is to collapse this tree and wipe out humanity. However, once the gates to the surface of the earth open, the Kalikansuri stop their work and go forth to create chaos above ground. Just can't help themselves. (laughs) However, once they return to the bowels of the earth, they find that the tree has completely healed itself and they must begin their work again. Every single year. One of them just turns to another one and is like, man, what do you think? Do we have to keep doing this? What do you think? Should we? We can get bugs up here, right? Come on. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, what's the point, man? <laughs> right. Fuck yeah, man. Exactly. <laughs> While the Kali Kanzuri are above ground, they are devilishly mischievous. 
They steal, break furniture, pee in your flower bed, harass people, and create all sorts of problems for humans. So they do fit in at the festivals of Dionysus. (laughs) Yeah. They're like little frat boy demons. So they probably, like you said earlier, like people are so wasted that they confuse actual people for like satyrs and things like that and different creatures, right? Yeah. That's too Woo! funny. Kelly Gamify. <laughs> Ow! Man, I would have uh, I would have loved to get in a time machine and just dress up like a hot dog and see how that would show up. See what up. happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you are caught by one of them walking alone at night, they can grab you and force you to dance with them. Now, if you don't die from this before the sun rises, when they are forced to let you go, consider yourself lucky. I wish that's all I had to worry about walking alone at night and someone <laughs> right. asking to dance until so, dawn. Yeah, they really are like frat boys. <laughs> I know. Hey, dance with me, man. I'm pissing, <laughs> I'm on pissing your new shoes. Mm, the night's young. <laughs> <laughs> you got any more booze? <laughs> <laughs> Now, while these creatures are murderous and cruel, they are also said to be very stupid. Woo! Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> In Anatolian Turkish folklore, they are called karakonkolos. In this version of the creatures, they resemble Sasquatches and will stand on street corners asking mundane questions to passersby. <laughs> In order to avoid being struck dead, you must put the word black in your answer to their question. Hey, what's your favorite color? (laughs) Green. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Also in this version, they will try to lure people out into the night by mimicking the voices of their target's loved ones, thereby putting them at risk of freezing to death in the night. In Serbian folklore, the Karakonzula are heavy and deformed creatures who come out during the 12 days of Christmas, or the unbaptized days. A period of the year when it was thought evil forces were stronger and more dangerous. Oh, that explains why they dressed up kind of like Halloween sometimes to scare evil spirits away and stuff. Mm. Oh, it's it's kind of like, yeah, it's like putting on a costume or something that uh, hopefully will. Yeah, I I think you're right. Yeah, like scare them away. I I don't know if that goes back to, to Greek myth necessarily or Greek traditions, but I mean, maybe. What would you guys do if you... You knew I wasn't in Colorado, and then you heard my name out, like my my voice outside, like beckoning you. What would you do? And it sounded just like me. I'd be a sucker, and I'd go out. I probably. know you would, you sweetheart. Oh, I'd, I'd totally su- go out too. Did she surprise me? <laughs> I know exactly. That's what I would think. <laughs> Heather, come outside. Oh. <laughs> Me too, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So the Serbian version of these guys would wait for a passerby at nighttime. And when the opportunity came, they would jump on the human's back and would force them to carry the creature to wherever they wanted to go. Only when the rooster crowed at the break of dawn could the poor human be released. Till the break of dawn, baby got going. (laughs) (laughs) There are few ways... The citizens try to protect themselves from these kalakanzari. First, you can leave food outside your door or on your roof. The thought is they'll find the food, eat it, and forget what they were doing. You can also leave a colander on your doorstep in order to try and trick them into counting the holes in it. 
a task that would take these idiotic creatures until the break of dawn to complete. This also goes for tangled strands of flax. And you, you could also paint a, a, a train tunnel on a, on a wall and make them think a train's coming. You know, Looney Tunes, not in that <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you got the idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some households burn a Yule log for the duration of the 12 days to try and deter the Kalakanzadi from entering their home through the chimney. You can also burn an old smelly shoe in your fireplace as the smell repels them. If you don't want to do any of these things, painting a black cross on your front door on Christmas Eve should also do the trick. Fuck yeah. Dang. Hell yeah. Well, you know, the shoe sounds really rough, but I love how consistent the Yule log is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess if you like have family over and you want them to leave, you could burn an old shoe in the fireplace. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I would love to do that. The smell, it's hurting my asthma. I gotta I mean, go. Like, my stinky issues, like even when they're not on fire, fuming and like, you know, aerating the rumor are bad enough. So I can't imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll it'll do it with my shoes for sure. <laughs> Fucking put it in like a, a steamer so it really gets the smell and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> Burn it like essential oils. Yeah. Yeah. I threw my, I threw my underpants in there too. Fuck <laughs> If the Kalikanzari do get into your home, they will wreck it and spoil your food and assault your family. Piss in your taters and hump your children's faces. (laughs) 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 I wouldn't put it past them, honestly. (laughs) How do you like this, you log, you little jerk? (laughs) Right in your shoe. (laughs) <laughs> Burn that bitch. Man, that would be a to shit in someone's <laughs> shoe that they're gonna wear the next day. That's a rough trick. <laughs> but you gotta like do it and then tip it so they don't see it. It's pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> now the danger was increased for any child who was born during the twelve days of Saturnalia, as it was believed that they could be transformed into a Kadikanzari once they reached adulthood. The method for avoiding this fate was to either singe the baby's toenails or wrap the child in bundles of straw or garlic. You know, we don't have any straw. We don't have any garlic, so get that poker out. Let's get those little toesies up here, right? And those those little piggies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) On the other hand, some believe that the Kalikanzari were formerly humans that had either committed horrible crimes or were unlucky enough to have never been baptized, and this turned them into the goblins. Nuts. Mm. After the epiphany, Orthodox priests will go from house to house and bless the homes with holy water. If there are any lurking Kadikanzari, their fear and aversion to anything holy will drive them back down below ground, ending their reign of terror and leaving them to saw away at the tree's trunk for another year. One guy just like scurries away in his loincloth and then the priest is like, oh, thank goodness. And they're like, no, that's just grandpa. <laughs> and I apologize. I hear you drunken heathen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm switching up my pronunciation. I realize that. So I'm very sorry about that. That's all right. Oh, no, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> the Kalikanzari still appear in popular culture, most notably in the show Grimm, 
and in Greek versions of the Harry Potter books. The Gringut oh. Goblins are translated to Kadikanzuri. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess kind of in essence, they really are just a kind of a Greek version of of goblins, really. Yeah, pretty like, much. Like sub- subterranean and like, you know, mess with people. and They have all the markers of a goblin, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I love this unique Christmas legend because of its glaring ancient Greek roots. And I've always been fascinated with their mythology. Mm-hmm. And through this legend, we once again see how sanitized our American Christmas is. And I know I bitched about this last year. (laughs) It's kind of lame that the scariest things we have to fear over here in the States are those goddamn elves on a shelf. I know. What is that? Come on. I know. That's some 1950s shit. (laughs) I actually just bought one last weekend to put into like a... A mouth set that we had from from another show. Oh, yeah. cute! Nice. Really I, mean, cute. I mean, all they do is poop Hershey kisses into your coffee. I, I don't see what the big deal is. They're just lame. Yeah, they're stupid. I, they're lame. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't really know why do... they're. I don't know why they're feared. I mean, they just because they report back um, to Santa. They, they're going to report. They back. tell uh, Santa what you do bad. You know, I think you told me this last year, and you yep. know what? I just cared so much that I forgot. I know. I know. <laughs> it's it's truly fascinating. Yeah, that's cool. I'm just looking at pictures of this thing. Yeah, I saw some pictures of them uh, when I was looking up stuff, and Ooh. yeah, they're kind of yeah, they're kind of kind of creepy. This one's got a big old wiener. No, I can I can barely. Oh damn! Look at that thing! Holy crap, dude! <laughs> that's like trailer park kind of guy, like old metalhead that's like all fat and. <laughs> uncircumcised all right (laughs) which is perfectly fine exactly yeah (laughs) you know actually well it's funny i i you know talking about it's like a you know ancient greek they're ancient greek kind of like figures or i don't know how far back it goes but um since they're subterranean and trying to chop down the tree of life i wonder if they were like banished uh, like kind of like how like I think it was Zeus or or Kronos uh, banished the Titans and and some of the others. It reminded oh. me of the Titans so much. I actually yeah. had that in my first draft. The mention of that. Um, oh, cool. But I was having a hard time finding a connection to any of those exact myths. When the when the war between um, like the gods, like you know the gods that we know, and then like. Um, Kronos's and Gaia's children and some of yeah. the like other there were like just a bunch of weird creatures mm-hmm. um, yeah they, they could have been kind of in that mix and just not really you know mentioned too much yeah that's true yeah yeah I thought it was cool They're yeah it's kind of cool I like that weird neat. yeah the, just, <laughs> the world tree is definitely something I haven't heard before yeah yeah I just looked up pictures of it and showed Chris and one looked like a ex like Bon Jovi fan with like um <laughs> With like tusks and then like a baby arm flaccid wiener, it was really crazy. <laughs> it looks like a it looks like a carrot, yeah. Yeah, nice. he looks just, like a big old fat like, carrot. He looks like he just woke up and he's shocked to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my last one is okay. I, I did really try with the pronunciation, so sorry, any Inuit listeners. So mine is the Kalupiluit. And I've also heard it called the Kalupiluk. Okay. So the Kalupiluit is a mythical creature in Inuit folklore. Like the Nukalivi, it is it is a water-dwelling monster that lives in the cold, dark Arctic waters. 
Akin to figures like Krampus or the Boogeyman, it steals children. Yeah, we want them kids, man. Man, this is a this is a a kid stealing heavy episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what Christmas is all about. Yeah, stealing, <laughs> stealing, kill children, eating them. Hey, less gifts, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, if children misbehave, wander to the beach alone, or wander too close to the breaks in the ice, the Calipillowit will stalk them. They give off a stench of rotten eggs or sulfur. The child will hear knocking on the ice before it attacks. Some stories say that it will hum to attract the children closer. They are said to have scaly green skin, long hair, and long needle-like nails. It is sometimes said to wear a, a moti, which is um, which is kind of like similar to a parka, and it has a pouch on the back that they carry like a child in. You've, you've probably seen like um, mm-hmm. images um, of it, like a papoose. Uh, maybe something similar. About I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't know about a papoose, nice but. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably similar, you know. Okay. <laughs> so it it grabs the vulnerable child and it shoves them into the large pouch on their emoji ah! before slinking back into the water, drowning Ooh, Lord. drowning the child as it descends deeper. Uh, ugh, Man. Yeah, it's kind of intense. In some stories, the Kalapilowit is either a man or a woman, but no one quite agrees on why the creature steals children. Some say it is to eat them, and in some of the feminine versions, the creature is lonely or or unable to have children, so it snatches other children for for itself. Hmm. Uh, some say that they collect children and hide their frozen bodies below the ice, and some legends say that they nourish their immortality with children. Oh, and it makes their hair super nice. <laughs> oh, I bet. Well, I well bet. none of that's good news. No. I know. And like the one that wants to keep the kids, she's just like, I just can't figure out why I can't just keep them around. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And the it's kid's like, just like, it's like a pet hoarder, you know? Are you a frozen yes. child hoarder? <laughs> <laughs> so, either way, children are told not to wander away alone or get close or get too close to ice breaks if they don't want to encounter the Kalapoet. Yeah. No one knows how old this figure is. It's most likely passed down orally, um, and because of that, it changes depending on who's telling the story. And as we've discussed so many times when talking about folk- folklore, the Calipiluit, uh is a cautionary story to keep children from wandering off and either falling into the ice breaks or being taken by some predator like a polar bear. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Did you, you know, side story, did you, or side Note, did you know that penguins sometimes just wander off t- and kill themselves? I did. And and it's like you can turn them around, you can put them right back with all the rest of the penguins, and they'll just keep going to their death until they're, they just wander off and just die. You yeah. know, there's some days I can, I feel like that. Totally. I could, wa- <laughs> I could watch that footage when I'm really depressed and I'm like, yeah, man, just... Just keep going. Dude, I get you, man. That grind, that hustle's hard out there. <laughs> hustle's hard. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to find a, a, a like a good story, um, and I couldn't really find that many. So I did find one from eighteen or eighteen eighty eight. It's not as like creepy, but it's it's one of the kind of like a like a traditional story. Okay. So an old woman lived with her grandson in a small hut. As they had no kinsmen, they were very poor. 
A few Inuit only took pity on them and brought them seal meat and blubber for their lamp. Once upon a time they were very hungry, and the boy cried. The grandmother told him to be quiet, but as he did not obey, she became angry and called the Palawik to come and take him away. He entered at once, and the woman put the boy into the large hood, in which he disappeared almost immediately. Later on, the Inuit were more successful in sealing, and they had an abundance of meat. Then the grandmother was sorry that she had so rashly given the boy to the Kalapuik, and wished to see him back again. She lamented about it to the Inuit, and at length a man and his wife promised to help her. When the ice had consolidated and deep cracks were formed near the shore by the rise and fall of the tide, the boy used to rise and sit alongside the cracks, playing with a whip of seaweed. Kalupilowik, however, was so afraid that somebody might carry the boy away and had fastened him to a string of seaweed, which he held in his hands. The Inuit who had seen the boy went toward him, but as soon as he saw them coming, he sang, Two better coming, one with a double jacket, the other with a foxkin jacket. I'm sure that's not how he did it. <laughs> that sounds very traditional in melody. <laughs> and then he did jazz hands. <sighs> that's some scary shit. Because he's like probably all dead and blue and shit too. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's dead. I think it's just like... Oh, okay. She just kind of has him. Oh, dear. Having a, having a good old time. Then Kalapaluk pulled on the rope and the boy disappeared. He did not want to return to his grandmother, who had abused him. Ooh. No shit. Damn yeah. him away. So it's funny, the monster in this isn't actually a, really the monster, it it's seems. It's the grandma. Ooh. Yep. Who is the monster and who is the man? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Quasimodo. Yep. <laughs> Sometime afterward, the Inuit saw him again sitting near a crack. They took the utmost caution that he should not hear them when approaching, tying pieces of deer skin under the soles of their boots. But when they could almost lay hold of the boy, he sang, Two men are coming." One with a double jacket, the other with a fox skin jacket. Why does he have a straw hat and a cane now in my head? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my fox skin gal. Um, <laughs> again, Kalapiluk pulled on the seaweed rope and the boy disappeared. The man and his wife, however, did not give up trying. They resolved to wait near the crack. And on one occasion, when the boy had just come out of the water, they jumped forward from a piece of ice behind which they had been hidden. And before he could give the alarm, they had cut the rope and away they went with him in their huts. And he's like, no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My stage career. <laughs> the boy lived with them and became a great hunter. Oh. The end. I know, I kind of feel bad for the Kalapaluk in this one, you know, just... <laughs> She sounded like she was taking care of him. He was happy yeah. and singing. You know what it was doing that the kid needed? Parenting. That's right. Ugh, Chris, you are so Nurture. right. Mm -hmm. Especially mm -hmm. this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's what I got. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was festive, you guys. It's yeah, it actually, it's there's a lot of uh, Inuit, uh, like, winter. I mean, because, you know, it's obviously, like, mostly, you know, winter, winter all the time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a, there's actually a lot of cool creatures. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth uh, looking and kind of browsing through them if you're if you're interested. Yeah, you know that the Inuits have eight hundred words for snow. 
Yeah. There's a there's actually a funny one 100% called a <laughs> There's a funny one called a Mahaha. And it um it kind of looks like a, like an ice zombie. But Oh, uh, I so think you, I saw that. So if you encounter Scary. it, it tickles you to death with its like these long icy <laughs> nails. Oh, Chris. See, and like, it like I, rips you up. See, as I it can see you. how you could think that's terrifying because you are yeah, when you get tickled, I I really feel for you. I really feel bad for you. <laughs> It's not so much when I get tickled, it's when I keep getting tickled to the point of I can't breathe. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, oh, you're suffering, huh? <laughs> and I just hear, like, sound of silence as, as I'm uncontrollably laughing. Hello, darkness, my old friend. That's funny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's like uh, I don't know, like winter folklore is really kind of cool, you know. It's it just uh, yeah, it's a lot of the same things, but um, they have like different meanings because of like the dangers of winter and cold. Absolutely, and, there's know. a lot to be scared of, you know. Yeah, yeah, super yeah, dark and, and isolation, you know. Yeah, yeah, sickness, isolation, the mm-hmm. weather, resources, misery, misery. <laughs> snapped ankles. Yep. Frostbitten toes. Frostbitten toes. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was pretty good. Fun with it. Yeah, so we do have a special treat for everybody. Um, our last episode for December will be coming out right before Christmas, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but we have a little surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one that no one asked for, but you sure certainly deserve. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like fruit cake. <laughs> you didn't know you needed it until you're about you ha- five whiskeys in, and then yep, that, and that fruit cake looks Thank real God. good. It's starting to sound pretty good, <laughs> <laughs> just like us. <laughs> Amen. Ah, so I guess we should do some uh, socials, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yahoo! So <laughs> you can follow us, <laughs> and I kicked her, sir. <laughs> <laughs> So you can follow us on Facebook at Under the Pendulum Podcast, on Instagram at Under Pendulum Podcast, on Twitter at Pendulum underscore pod, on TikTok, which we have not updated in a while, at Under the Pendulum. Sorry. And you could, yeah, I know it's this. So. Oh, it's coming. We'll get some TikToking on for you kids. Oh, yeah. We'll, You'll we'll love tic- it. We'll TikTok around the clock tonight. We'll, we'll do dance challenges and pet <laughs> videos and <laughs> all of it. And I'll do it where I where I lip some dialogue from a movie. Oh my god, so cool! Yes, that's Pretty the sweet. coolest. I, I can't think of anything cooler. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can follow all our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. You can find me Heather on Facebook, Heather Thomas, Instagram H Thomas, Twitter at Heather W Thomas. And you can hear my narrations on creepy tales to terrify and chilling tales for dark nights. And you can find me, Caitlin, uh, at in, uh, on Instagram at Frothy Star Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Instagram by searching for uh, Christopher Weber thirteen V, and on Facebook by searching for Christopher Weber. Nice. Well, I hope y'all are having such a wonderful holiday season already, kicking it off. Yeah. Yep. I don't, hope don't. Thanksgiving wasn't uh, full full of tears and gravy. I hope it was Ooh. wonderful. 
Dude, that was a rough weekend, man. I'm I'm glad it was it was over when it was over. Yeah. It was it was good. A lot of family time, but dude, I ate like shit. Oh, <laughs> you feeling bad? Oh, uh, just like dude, I just like I think my tummy got like way bigger and it's not going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every too. every day has just been a like undo the pants, like oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the butter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. do you tell me about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. We'll be back with a uh, special Christmas episode. And uh, thank you for bearing with us as we took a little break for the Thanksgiving um, holiday. Yes, thank you. And we will see you next time. Harry Fishnets. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>